Hi, you're listening to another sermon from Deep Creek Anglican Church. Well, I came across a picture uh, recently. I wonder if you could tell me, is there anything unusual with this picture? Have a look. What do you reckon? I mean, it looks a bit like one of those, like, like a lawn bowl sort of place. Or maybe uh, if anyone's played Finska before, it could be a fun way to dent the grass. Yeah. There's rubbish. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of rubbish there. It's a bit unusual. That bottle almost looks like it's sort of sunk into the grass. It's a bit weird. Any more thoughts? Yeah. Is it a lake? I don't know, maybe. Well, actually, this is uh, in a, a town called uh, Walsall in England. Uh, and it looks a bit like a smooth, grassy field, but the thing, the thing about this is, is it's not what it seems. It's actually, you guessed it, it's actually a canal of deep water. And it's covered with a thin layer of algae and weeds. And so it looks an awful lot like grass, don't you think? Now, do you reckon anyone has ever actually tried walking on this by mistake? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, actually, you'd be right. In fact, I did some digging. In the space of just two weeks, 21 people fell in. Apparently, there was, there, was, there was one guy, he just got Nando's, he got his chicken wrappers, as he was about to munch into his peri-peri, whoa, in he, into he went, in he went. Now, I think this is funny, most of us seem to think this is funny, but now, but I guess the thing is though, it is a kind of a, a, it's a safety risk, isn't it? Like, I mean, if you've got a bunch of grass with no bollards or anything, looks a lot like grass, but it's actually water. And so that's a bit of a safety problem, isn't it? Now imagine that uh, us as a team, we've been given the job of fixing this problem. Now I wonder how you go about doing it. Now I suppose, I suppose one way that you could do it, maybe this is the, if people who don't like doing much work, uh, you could just stick a sign, a little bit of tape saying, yeah, there's, there's deep water here, don't fall in. I suppose that might work, but you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure people are still going to fall in there. You haven't really fixed the problem, have you? Now, I suppose another solution is, if we wanted to get a bit more creative, I mean, it already looks like grass, so why don't we just ramp it all up? Let's just make it really look like grass. Let's put some more grass on there, and while we're at it, let's, you know, do some, uh, some dodgy photoshopping, and let's, you know, let's just make it a mini-golf course. Let's just slap a mini-golf course on there. That looks pretty fun, and, you know, a bit of an Instagram filter, make it a bit more appealing. Um, oh, but I suppose the thing is, it's still water underneath, isn't it? Oh, we don't really want people to be like digging or jumping too hard, so let's just like slap a, slap a sign on there. Okay, I think, I think we've fixed the problem. Would you agree? Okay, everyone's saying yes, definitely. Okay, good. Okay, we can move on. Now, you're, you're right, isn't it? Uh, we've done a lot of work there, but really, we haven't fixed the problem. It's just, uh, we just covered it up. If you dig hard enough, there's still just a whole bunch of water underneath. Uh, now, at our youth services this year, uh, we're thinking a bit about what it means, to, what it looks like to live in God's world, what it looks like to live in his kingdom. And over the course of this year, we're looking at four big ways that God's world, God's kingdom is radically different from the world around us, the normal world. Uh, if you were here last time, we were thinking about how the kingdom is upside down. Now tonight, I want us to think about how it is inside out. And I want us to keep that watery grass idea in our heads uh, because it, does, it helps us. It helps us think about how God's world is really different. Now, the, the trouble with, the, uh, with this uh, watery grass idea was that the, the problem was that there was water underneath, right? I'm going to guess that if you think about your own lives, 
your biggest worry in life probably isn't that your front yard is a really deep amount of water and there's grass on top. Unless anyone's got like a moat in their house. I'm guessing not. I don't have a moat in my house. I reckon for us, for most of us, sooner or later we've started having these big kind of questions, these, these questions that deep down inside we really wrestle with. You know, there might be questions like, like, am I doing okay? Like, am, am, I, am I good enough? Do other people like me? Like, what about my parents? Do you, like, behind my back, are they actually proud of me? Or are they like, oh, I don't know about that guy. Like, I wonder if you've been wondering any of these sorts of questions yourself lately. Uh, you know, for as long as I can remember, uh, growing up, I had this, this deep sense that I, I needed to, like, to prove myself in order to feel like I had worth. You know, I, I had, I had this, I had this deep need to have other people's approval of me. Uh, I don't know if anyone else feels a bit like that, but that, that's 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 my life growing up. You know, I was never really one of the the cool kids in primary school. Like I had glasses, although people didn't really make fun of me for that. But it was, you know, I just sort of felt like a little bit different. And you know, I, I was never particularly sporty. I didn't like going to the to the disco. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? Like I just don't feel like I, you know, I'm one of the one of the cool people. Uh, but by the time I started going to high school, I, I, start, I started to discover I was actually okay at, at doing all right with my marks, with like school tests and, and assignments and that kind of, you know, that like geeky, nerdy stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, actually I'm not too bad at this. And so I kept on working a bit harder, working a bit harder, and eventually people started taking notice of me. They're like, oh, Ben, can you help me with, with, with my assignments? And I mean, like, even like some of like the cute girls in my class started asking for help, and I'm like, Okay, okay, and like so, people started noticing me, and and it felt it felt so good to be to be valued and, and wanted. And so I decided, well, maybe this is who I am. I'm just going to try harder and harder and harder. I'm going to I'm going to be one of those successful, smart students. And so you know, sure, I still on the on the inside, I still had all those underlying worries about you know, am I good enough? Am I like? Do I have worth? But, but eventually, I'd managed to cover them all up by doing well in my school stuff. You know, I was someone who was smart. I was someone who was successful. And because my outside self was smart and successful, eventually, I started to believe it on the inside as well. I remember in year eight, at the end of year eight, I was awarded with the most outstanding student in year eight. And I was like, yes, I've finally done it. I'm the cool one now. I've proved myself. I'm worthy. I have value. Yes, I am the most outstanding student in the year level. Yes. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd finally proved myself. Uh, but as I look back on it now, I realize I, I was living an outside-in kind of life, an outside-in kind of life. You know, I was working on the outside in the, in the hope that, that I could fix my inside worries about whether I was really good enough. You know, I was making myself look successful to other people uh, so that I could feel like I had worth. Uh, but the problem was, it was a bit like I was building a mini golf course on top of a canal full of deep water. You know, all, all it took was someone to kind of stomp through that grass and then it would it would reveal what the real problem was on the underside. The whole thing would collapse. 
And sure enough, the next year, as I was working even harder and harder, because the thing about this sort of outside-in thing is you have to keep on working harder and harder, or if you're, you know, if you're into shopping, uh, you have to keep on kind of getting nicer and nicer stuff to kind of keep on feeling like that's, that's who you are, right? Uh, and so I worked really hard in Year 9, and let's be honest, if you've been in Year 9, no one works hard in Year 9. That's just how it is. Um, but so I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be the only one working hard. And so there we go. We got to the awards night. And then the most outstanding student in year nine was someone else. And I'm like, what? What? But, but, but I'm the smart and successful one. I'm the one who's meant to get this award. And so it was like, what? And so almost overnight, I, I, I just... My, my world felt like it crumbled around me. Like I was, I, I started off this year feeling smart and successful and now I'm just, I'm a failure, I'm stupid, I'm worthless. I was a stupid failure. Now you might think this is a bit of an, an overreaction. I mean, it's just an award, right? But have a think about this. I'd, I'd based my whole identity and worth on being a high achiever, and I failed to do that. You know, I, I, had, I had one job to do, and, and I couldn't even do it. You know, some of, some of you here are really good at, at sports, perhaps some of you are good at maths, or, or gaming, or all those sorts of other things. And now think about it, if, how would your sense of worth be affected if suddenly somebody else started just doing way better than you at those things. I'm sure it would start to affect you sooner or later. Particularly if it's, if it's what you're most proud of and it gets taken away from you, it can be so heartbreaking, can't it? But the funny thing is, is this type of living, it's actually pretty normal. Uh, so I'm calling it outside-in living, right? Uh, because in the outside-in world, it's all about the outside. In the outside-in kingdom, you know, if you can make your life appear successful, if you can make it look good or popular, well, then life is good. You know, I wonder how many of you guys have, have looked up people online uh, or, or even your friends at school, and you've like, looked at them and you're like, oh gosh, I wish I had what they had. I mean, whether it was, I wish I was as smart as them, I wish I was as pretty as them, I wish I had like the amount of like Instagram followers or something as them, or whatever it is, even just like, I wish I had the stuff that they have. I wonder if you've done that. I wish I could be like that. And the thing is, in the outside, in kingdom, we all focus on getting that outside stuff. But as I discovered, and as I'm sure you probably will discover too, or, or maybe you already have, no matter how hard we work on the outside, sooner or later, we fail. Sooner or later, someone else does something to us, or just things completely out of our control, and suddenly that outer layer is just, is just gone. Sooner or later, that floating mini golf course is going to sink. And all those worries, all those things that you were worried about before, they're all going to start bubbling up to the surface again. And the reason for that is that because we haven't actually done anything to address the real problem, have we? I mean, let's think back about, about this. Okay, no matter what we cover this with, it's still a whole bunch of deep water underneath, isn't it? We haven't really fixed the issue. 
So what we really need is to do something about the water itself, what's under the surface. I mean, surely the only thing that would really fix this canal problem is to fill it with something solid, something that's firm, something like rock or concrete or a bit of both. Get rid of the water, replace it with something solid. And then once you've done that, once you've fixed the underlying problem, you can cover it in a mini golf course if you want. You cover it in an amusement park. It could just be a, it could just be a deck. It could be whatever. It doesn't really matter what goes on top because the underside is now firm and solid. And the cool thing is, is in God's kingdom, he actually works like that. It's not outside in. God's kingdom is inside out. God works from the inside out. God fixes us from the inside first. In the, in the Bible passage that David read to us so well, we, we find out that our biggest issue in life, it's not that, like me, you know, you felt you didn't have worth or you weren't good enough or maybe you didn't have enough clothes or followers or enough friends. Like, that's not really our big problem. According to the Bible, we are so broken on the inside that we are dead. Like, that's, that's pretty bad. In fact, I can't, I can't think of anything worse than being dead on the inside. You know, I, um, someone was asking me why we had this here. I have, a, I have a stick mixer here. I mean, it's not plugged in, okay? But the thing is, as nice as it looks, it's not going to work because the inside is dead. I was blending up some biscuits just this week, and I was and still smells like smoke, actually. <laughs> and the thing is, it's... I mean, I, I could even sell this on eBay um, as a working thing, and no one would know until they'd actually tried it. But the thing is, as, as good as I could make it look, I could clean it, all these things, even Photoshop something nice about it, it's not going to work because it's dead on the inside. And according to the Bible, unless God does something about our insides, we are just as dead as a stick mixer. And I probably don't need to say this, but, but like dead things can't really do much about their deadness. Like I feel like, I feel like this mixer can't really change its own engine. You know, the, you and I, we can't actually do anything about our dead inside. See, so the only way that we could have any hope of that problem being fixed is if God does something about it. And the wonderful news about in the Bible is that, yes, God actually does do something about that dead inside. See, this passage, it goes on to say that God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even when we were dead, see, our insides were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God saved you by his grace when you believed. See, when we put our trust in Jesus' death and his resurrection for us, on, on the outside, it, it, it doesn't look like a whole lot's changed, okay? Like when we, when we, when we uh, put our trust in Jesus, when we sort of say, God, I, I want to be yours, like we don't automatically you know, change our hair color or, or get prettier or something like that. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard to, to recognize a change on the outside. But something amazing happens on the inside, God makes us alive. You see, when we, when we believe in Jesus, the same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead is a now work in us, making us alive. 
He's working in our inside too, bringing us back to life. God fixes us from the inside. And I love the way that this passage finishes. He says, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, in the, in the inside-out kingdom, it's not about working really hard and trying to do something so we can like brag about it or take credit for it, how good we are. It's totally flipped. It's about receiving a free gift from God. It's about him doing all the work. See, it's completely flipped from how we normally think in life. Like, think about all these other aspects of your life. So much of it's like if you want something, you've got to work hard for it. But the inside-out kingdom says, you can't work for this. It's all about receiving a free gift, and I'm offering it to you. That's what it's like in the inside-out kingdom. See, if we are Christians, if we believe in Jesus, God makes our inside solid. See, according to this passage, it says we are loved. We have incredible worth. We are alive. We are even God's masterpiece. You know, even maybe if your parents aren't proud of you, if you believe in Jesus, you are God's masterpiece. He has crafted you and he loves you. And now God invites us to build on that firm foundation that he's put for us. And, you know, actually, what, what it means is that actually living as one of God's people, living in the inside-out kingdom, it's actually really freeing. There's a great freedom to it. Because, I mean, like, you might grow up to be a pro-level sports player or a, or a celebrity YouTuber or someone who's really um, famous in, like, in fashion or other things. You might even become a famous gamer. And, look, and the thing is, that's great. But even if you aren't successful in life, or even if, by the world's standards, you are a complete failure. The good news about God's inside-out kingdom is that if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you have all the worth and value that you could ever need in this life. And with that solid identity as your core, we have the freedom, we have the power even to, to, to try something and to fail at it and try something else and try, fail at that. It doesn't matter because that, none of that, none of that failure is going to affect our core worth, which is so much more significant than anything we could build for ourselves anyway. Whatever our, in, our outside looks like, our inside is secure in Jesus. And once we truly believe that, it will change everything about your life. And I know that because that's what happened to me. We're going to move into a time of prayer now. So I'd like to invite Phoebe and, uh, and Melina to, to come up and lead us in that. Um, if what I've said tonight has raised some questions for you, or maybe if you're not even sure if you are part of this Inside Out Kingdom, uh, please, as we're having dinner, come and chat to me. I'd love to chat to you about that.